Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mama's Pearls. I'm your hostess, Cynthia, and I'm happy you're joining us today at Mama's Pearls, where we'd like to say that we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together for you. Now, if you're new, Mama's Pearls is a family brand series that consists of, we usually start our week off on Facebook um, talking about the themes that we're going to be diving into for the week. Then usually on Tuesdays, we post the Mama's Pearls blog. Then Wednesdays, today, we host our radio show and usually bring in um, our experts or our girls and just get a little bit deeper into the topics that we're talking about. And then my best friend, Melissa, publishes a blog called M's Gems, which ties up the themes in all like the practical takeaway tools. Usually that's posted up on Friday. So we got a nice little family that's that's building here. We continue to expand our family and expand the brand and our brand awareness. Um, if you have any ideas about that, we are all ears. You can you can contact us at any time by email. I'm at Cynthia at mamaspearls.com and that's M-O-M-M-A-S-P-E-A-R-L-S dot com. Or you can contact Melissa at mamaspearls.com. You are welcome to call in today and chat with us. We're going to talk about my second favorite topic after family, which is food. And the call-in number today is 347-327-9450. You can find me on Twitter at Sintweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. There's a new feature on Blog Talk Radio where you can purchase any of the archives, um, the transcripts to the archives. So if it's not enough to just hear my voice over and over and over again, you can read what we're saying and purchase, go ahead and purchase the transcripts. I have no idea if any of that money actually comes to me or if it goes to Blog Talk Radio because I don't think anybody's actually purchased it yet, but um, try it and I'll let you know. So, all right, so where are we in our strand of pearls that we've been stringing together? Last week, we are, well, basically for the month of August, we're just honoring the summer month because it's seasonal, it's at its peak, and like everything that's at its peak, we got to pick it, it's ripe for the picking, and we need to seize it and enjoy it as best we can. Last week, we all felt like the itch to get up and go, and many, many families take family vacations. Now, how do you avoid a stressful family vacation like everything else that you avoid stress in life? It's really all about your mindset, and there's also practical tools and takeaways that you can do that will help you and your family have a lovely family vacation. First thing going in when you're getting the travel bug and going out is setting your intention for the type of vacation that you want to take. Is it a family vacation? Is it just you and your and your and your spouse or your partner? Um, is it an adult vacation or a kids vacation? Kids vacation is a very different mindset than an adult vacation. Now, the second part of the intent is to make sure you remember that when you go away with your family or your partner or your spouse, 
You're going away to break away, reconnect, have a good time, and experience each other in a different setting. So right there, that should alleviate any stress that you would have about traveling, even though traveling and having to pack up your entire house, especially when you have little itty-bitty ones, is such a pain in the butt. And I know I've been there, and I'm still there, and I never pack light, so I think I'll always be there. But at its core, we're looking to create memories. We're looking to create classic family moments that you're going to remember forever and ever and ever, that wherever you hear of a place that your family's been, whether it be Disney, which was like, you know, it, which is and will always, as long as it's around, remain a highlight and a go-to destination of choice for families that, you know, whether it's there or it's whether it's an upstate cabin or whether you're just taking some day trips or no matter where it is in the world that you decide to go, it's remembering who you're with, honoring it, loving them, and just enjoying each other. Take the stress out. It's just not, leave it at home. It's not being packed. It's not allowed to come. It doesn't have a passport to wherever it is you're going. So that was basically the Travel Bug show last week. And the pearl of last week was to vacate your show. And I will start by, um, by just recapping a quote that I read for last week's show, which was by Frederick Wilcox that said, For travel to be delightful, one must have a good place to leave and return to. So just remember that. Whatever you go, it doesn't stay, Stay, you know, even if you go to Vegas, it doesn't stay in Vegas. You do take take that experience home with you, and it does become part of your, your family um, collective memory. So uh, I would definitely follow Melissa's, Melissa's takeaways and her gems for for last week's On the Travel Bug. And, again, set the intent. Take one thing at a time. And remember that you are collecting more than just souvenirs and trinkets. You're collecting family memories. It is about the journey and the destination. Now, last week was really fun because I had all, like, the Mama's Pearls girls call in, like, almost in perfect sequential order and share their tips and insights and experiences from um, Melissa, who is a staple, obviously, from my sister Valerie, who is a new mom and just got back from a new um, – her first family trip with her little itty-bitty one, and that was just amazing to hear about and also for her to remind me um, and take a trip, a travel back down memory lane about, like, family vacations with my family, which we are like the Griswolds on steroids, and it was just so fun to take that trip. And then my, my friend Masha and Berger, who you've heard before on Mama's Pearls and who is a spiritual makeover artist and is featured regularly on Gabrielle Bernstein's website, herfuture.com. She came out and talked about her summers in, in the south of France with her grandma, which was just amazing. And then my friend Bonnie, Bonnie Zarabi, who writes a lifestyle blog called Bonnie Park, she came on and, and her husband, who I'm totally calling out on today's show, I heard him in the background yelling, you know, probably the best part of, of traveling is, is getting to, to join the Mile High Club. Now, that is totally optional, and we could talk about that on a more adult-related theme show when we bring Dr. Zahava Israeli back to talk about um, spicing up your sexual life. But for now, kids, we're going to travel on and and key off of what is what makes and and holds memories probably um, probably more so than like anything else 
um, aside from just being with your family, is is our relationship with food. And our relationship with food, which I've talked about before, we did a whole segment called Food Fight where we had um, child obesity expert Dr. Joanna Zolgoff come on, and we talked about our relationship with food, and we talked about my family's oftentimes unhealthy relationship with food and just how intimate that relationship is. It's something that we're supposed to do three-plus times a day, and it's, you know, one of very few things in life where you actually ingest and put in your body. Now, the beauty about summertime and why this week's, call, this week's show is called Summer Feast and um, is that, you know, the summer is just like we said, like we've been talking about on Summer's Breeze and this whole month, it's just there's something about the summer that does make everything seem much more casual. And you want to relax and you want to enjoy and you want to take it in. And as the mercury rises, you just you kind of have no choice because you get a little lethargic anyway. I find myself during the summer like I'm either like completely spiked with energy or I'm so lethargic and, <laughs> and just want to sit outside on a hammock and just relax. And, or inside in the air conditioning and not move. So, you know, when we're talking about having an opportunity to really appreciate the harvest and the bounty of nature and all the, all the gifts and delights that nature can provide is really during the summertime feast. Now, I love looking at the different seasons and what foods are and what foods, fruits, vegetables, everything that's that is um, that is highlighted for that that season that's in season and and focusing on that and bringing those ingredients into my family's diet you know some ingredients are easier to bring in than others and you you always have to try to experiment and try different things about what your family's going to like but I just find that the beauty of summer is really is really about like taking your family and taking them outside. Instead of taking it to go, just sit down outside, have a picnic. If you if you live in an apartment and you don't have an outside, <laughs> if you don't have a backyard, which I remember those days very well, go somewhere where you do. Go to a local park. Go to go to a friend's house. Go to a restaurant that has outdoor dining. You know, there's so many places, especially in and around Manhattan, where you can sit in nature and just enjoy a really delicious feast. So you'll see on this week's blog, Summer Feast, that I definitely do get carried away. I mean, I think it's, I, I think people really know when I get excited about something because I can't shut up about it. And like that was kind of, um, that there was so much that I did want to put in, and there's been so many delicious recipes that I have been trying this summer and some of my, my favorite mainstays. So there's a special bonus this week on the blog that I did include some, some recipes which I have not I have not really done before and some <laughs> some pictures of it all very, very homemade. But, you know, enjoy it, try it out, um and favorite summertime foods are because there's something about lightening up and refreshing the summer palate that we just all crave. Like I just, you know, when it comes to winter or fall, like I love my lamp stew and I love things that are like more rich and hearty. And for the summer, I just really need to lighten it up. And the most simplest recipe for success, I find, in the summer is to try and keep it simple, is to keep it light, is to to make things that you can pack up 
for the next day for a picnic or an outing with your kids or even just giving it if they're if they're going to camp um, during the summer and they're still at home and on a sleepaway camp um, to give to them. If, if your kids are at camp, then for you and your husband to take a little reprieve midday or maybe you want to wait until after after the peak of the of the of the summer the sun time and just go out. So when I really was talking about diving when I was really thinking about diving into having a summer feast and and keeping the lightness and freshness and basically taking Mama's Pearls al fresco, which is which is the quintessential summertime summertime style of dining, I really wanted to bring in someone that who the more I get to know has an equally evolved passion for food, but also has the training in holistic nutrition, and I've met. Um, I met our special guest, Lori Berenstein. Uh, Lori, is that how you pronounce your name, your last name? Berenstein. 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 Okay. So I met Lori through through Masha, and Masha and Lori have been grew up together and were childhood friends. And um, and you'll start seeing that there that Lori and this this larger group of girls that we we often go out and have our girls nights out and when we start talking we usually get into spiritually rich um rich content and with Lori I'm I'm just so happy to be able to get into the topic of food more and more <laughs> because Lori is a certified health and nutrition coach coach and the founder of Life Intake. In a practice, she utilizes um, holistic approaches to health and wellness in conjunction with her focus on overall balance of life. And whenever you find someone like that who's knowledgeable and, and, and can take it deeper than just your overriding passion and love for food, but really to help guide you and, and each individual that she comes in contact to really participate in taking control of your health through natural, holistic, and preventative methods, like that's where I want to jump all over it. And she specializes in integrative nutrition treatments for a wide variety of disorders as well. So she's also board certified by the American Association of Drugless Practitioners and completed her certification from Teachers College of Columbia University. So Lori's contact information, she can be, find, she can be found on Facebook as well as her email is Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lifeintake.com. So, Lori, welcome to Mama's Pearls. Thank you so, so much, Cynthia. I'm very, very excited to be here, and I know our conversations always seem to steer in the direction of food, so I'm glad that we can uh, be here together to share and maybe, you know, spread some light onto uh, not only, you know, great ideas for summer eating, but how to, you know, add a little pinch of health and nutrition in there to make sure we're fully balanced. And 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 that's exactly it. I mean, it's so it's so funny because it really we do wind up talking about food no matter what. I mean, it's just on the forefront of our minds. And like I said, it's something that we do three times a day. So you have to be thinking about it. Most people, I find right now, especially in families, they're they're so busy that they step into almost automatic and unconscious mode. And I'm guilty of that too on more than one occasion. But to really establish like a full balanced well-rounded palate and a healthy eating practice like everything else it's you know a diet is a practice um it takes it does take thought and forethought at least to learn the basics so that it does eventually become more automated but in a healthy way so as 
So as we're as you're setting up like that programming content for for your clients and and for families, like what what are like the starts that you what where do you start? Well, basically, it's it's pretty it's a lot more simple than people think, and uh, our bodies are extremely intuitive. And if we just sit in that space and listen to our bodies, oftentimes we have the answers on our own. So I don't really tell people what to eat. I don't give them meal plans per se. I'll give suggestions, but most of the time. Um, my clients end up, you know, figuring this stuff out on their own. I'm just guiding them to what they, where they need to be. For, and a great example is how you were just talking about how, you know, our bodies are craving these cooling-type foods in the summer and in the winters, like when you, you know, you want that lamb stew, like you were saying, and maybe like some, some of the root vegetables and soups. And it's just, you know, obvious and na- a natural-type thing for our body because we know what we need. We know what our, you know, our bodies know what their temperature is. They know how to regulate um, the temperature and what they need to cool off in certain situations and to warm up in certain situations. So it's really like the answers are are all within us. You know, the cavemen back in <laughs> back in the day, they were exactly right on. They knew what they were eating. Didn't have to worry about um, weeding out the chemicals and the additives and preservatives and all these things because it just wasn't available in their natural settings. So really what it's all about is trusting our, our gut instincts and just going, you know, getting back to basics, whole natural foods, which are the best time of year to enjoy that type of thing is definitely in the summer because, you know, the fresh fruits come out, all the fresh produce comes out, and, you know, it's, it's everyone's favorite time of year to make light, refreshing type meals. And um, so basically that's, that's what I do. I just tell people, you know, go with your gut instincts, and people really start to steer in the direction of a lot healthier, whole, holistic-type foods. Well, what if your instincts, like I get on occasion, is cookie cookies and more cookies? Yeah, so that's basically, again, your body is very, like, very Like intuitive. where would you start with me? <laughs> well, where I start with you is, is the cookies is, is definitely a craving. Um, it, basically, anytime your body has a craving – um, it's, you know, it's your body's way of telling you that you're missing or craving some sort of nutrient. And people often think, well, how could I be, you know, what, what does my body really need cookies for? Well, your body's cravings for the sugar or, you know, the carbs in that may just be a way for, you know, your body to be telling you that you need more energy. And, you know, you're used to the cookies. So that's where, that's where your mind goes right away. Um, so in the summertime, I mean, it's, it's just obvious. We're out there. We're more active. You know, you end up walking a lot more. You know, outside participating in some sports sometimes. You know, everyone goes for walks in the evening, and you know, you're you're you know, you're using all this extra energy, and definitely you're going to be you need the equivalent amount of energy to to be supplementing these type of activities. So, you know, definitely your mind will go to cookies if that's what you're used to, because that's what your body is used to craving. But if you start um, replacing that sweet craving with more, you know summer sweet fruits, you know, um, in, in maybe um, a lot more uh, water. Usually a lot of sugar craving is really your body telling you that you're dehydrated. And people often, you know, they run straight to the Gatorade. They think it's, you know, they think it's going to replenish them. But really all that sugar is not helping you out at all. It's actually dehydrating. So what you really have to do is start focusing on foods that are hydrating for your body. And that's where this, the concept of um, that I want to introduce you just a little bit of the basics of Ayurveda. Um, Ayurveda is uh, a traditional type of medicine that's, uh, that was discovered in, in India, which, encourage, which encourages letting the weather determine uh, our diet and the foods that we eat. 
during that time. And one of the, the Ayurveda is very extensive, but one of the principles is seasonal eating. So basically to eat the cooling type foods when it's really hot outside and the warming type foods when it's cold outside. And if you go by these, these rules, quote unquote, um, you'll find that your cravings are going to be much more minimal because you're going to be hydrating your body properly. You're going to be having the, the you know, correct nutrients in your body that you're not going to have those external type cravings. All right. And when, you, when you're talking about cooling foods, because when you say that, I, re- I immediately think of running to and, like, tackling Mr. Softy and going right. So, right. so between, yeah, like, so cooling the extreme foods, freeze, yeah. Right. <laughs> so cooling foods actually don't always, like, cold, cold like, cold, quote-unquote, foods don't actually always warm your body. I mean, not cool off your body. Sometimes it actually ends up having the opposite effect. Like, well, I mean, I certain, you know, dairy products for the most part are, are pretty neutral, Butter is actually, believe it or not, a warming food in the body. And uh, so the only cooling dairy product is, is really yogurt. And that's why you see in a lot of Indian cooking, um, they balance off the very spicy with the yogurt flavors. Um, but when I say cooling foods, um, I mean, like, you know, fruits, vegetables. Uh, you know, I'm going to give you some pointers how to tell what foods are which, because I know it's kind of difficult. People are like, well, how do I know what cools and warms me in the body? So basically, growth times, foods that grow quickly tend to be the most cooling. So foods like like lettuce, foods that grow quickly, like in the ground, like foods that, like, you know, you plant them and they're pretty quick to grow, Um, like lettuce, squash, celery, uh, cucumber, tomatoes, any kind of leafy vegetables, those are definitely cooling in the body. So that's one uh, thing you should look for is growth time. Um, Another element is color. Uh, usually blue, green, or purple-colored vegetables are more cooling foods, whereas the red, orange, or yellow are more warming in the body. Mm-hmm. So, which, um, makes sense, which makes sense, because whenever you think of, of cool or, you know, or water, you yeah, think of yeah. blue colors, and whenever you think of hot, you think of red. And it's similar what you're saying to principles of, of feng shui with bringing right. in, in right. the elements and recognizing the colors. So, okay, so we exactly. got the... So, Okay, so we got so the, growth the time. cool hues, right. Yeah, so growth time, <laughs> color, and then a, sorry? What about beets? Beets. Um, beets are actually purple, so they're more of a cooling food as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then another thing you want to look for, and this is kind of obvious, is um, region. So tropical mm-hmm. foods tend to be more cooling than temperate zone foods, well, obviously, because tropical areas tend to be much more warm and hot and so those are the areas that produce the foods that need to be much more cooling for the dwellers to survive in. Um, and then another thing isn't is very obvious. Isn't, isn't that interesting? I just want to stop you there because you're giving out a lot yeah. of good information, and each part is like setting off like different, you know, different uh-huh. strands of pearls for me. And one of them is when you say, because I always talk about how, and we talked about this last week too on Travel Bug, like when the weather gets hot, you want to see cold. And when it's really cold, you want to see hot. And I just think it's interesting when you're talking about regional foods that the foods kind of grow in opposite of what the weather is. So in tropical climates, they get really like cold foods. Yeah. And I guess in in, um, cooler climates, we would grow the warmer foods. Right. It's really really fascinating how how balanced we, you know, we always have to have that balance. Yeah, and it just goes to, it's just another way it goes to show that nature's really got, got us covered, you know. So, um, and if we just go with what's natural, that's why, like, I always try to tell, 
you know, my clients and my friends and everyone to try to really choose local seasonal foods because, um, you know, whatever you're growing locally is really what you should be eating. You're, you know, the, the weather is dictating what's growing at this time to be able to replenish, you know, the people who live in this environment. So it's really, it's really quite simple. If you just stick to the, the locally grown seasonal foods, you're usually on the right track. Right. But so, how do you know? I mean, like, if you're not planting it in your own garden, and it's left, you know, and I think that you, you gave some some examples of what's easy for you, for everybody to grow in their own garden, um, as far as lettuce and squash and um, and celery, and I, I love planting herbs. It's one thing that that I love to do every year, and I just think it's so silly to go out and buy fresh herbs week after week, where I can just plant it in my backyard and go out every night and just clip some off. Um, right. But right. but what I mean, we're, we live in a world where it's not like, you know, or <laughs> it's not like everywhere you go there's farms and you can see what's growing. So how do you know when you go into your your local food store what's seasonal and what's in and what's local? Um, it's it, it's definitely difficult because we're like you say, like we're in the you know day and age where we can get watermelon in the middle of February if we really want to. Because they'll, you know, they they bring it in from wherever it's growing, and uh, it is a little bit difficult. So it requires some, you know, research on. Some of it's intuitive, and we all know that strawberries are not, you know, not for February. But um, and we know not to even pick them because it's probably not even going to taste good. But really, it requires some research on our part. And uh, you know, if you you can Google uh, seasonal foods and come up with lists that I actually have tacked to my fridge, where I kind of look and see, like, before I go to the grocery store, like, what to avoid, like. You know, should I be buying zucchini? It's not the spring anymore, that kind of thing. Um, and another thing is there's a really great book um, by Paul Pitchford, P-I-T-C-H-F-O-R-D. And um, he's a, practic- a certified practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine. And he has a book called Healing with Whole Foods. And he talks extensively about warming and cooling properties of foods in his book. So you can just reference that as well. And I mean, there's tons of books out there that will tell you. And once you... Once you sort of are exposed to it, you just start to intuitively know, and then you start to notice how you feel after eating certain foods. Like some foods are very, are very filling, and then you know, like you said, your your lamb stew is what you crave in the winter. Well, that's that's not, you know, that's not rocket science because basically those meats are taking a lot of energy in your body to digest, so you're exerting a lot of heat. So it's obviously going to warm you up, and you don't want to be eating those, you know, those meats in the summertime because you're you're just going to be sweating buckets trying to digest it. So in the summer, you want to go more for seafoods and and cooling type foods. Anything from the sea is always cooling, whether it be seaweed or seafood. It's always more of a cooling effect on your body. So that's why I mean people are... Yeah, I'm taking the summer off from any, like, Gulf of Mexico (laughs) seafood. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I look for like Gulf shrimp, but I, I, no, 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 no. I mean, I think no, no, no. I know, but like you know, even if it's just like you know a tilapia or a salmon, and you know people are like, oh, but it's barbecue season, and they want to be eating the burgers, and and like yeah, you know, it's all about moderation. Once in a while, it's fine, but you know, there's great you know recipes for you know that you can you know grill salmon out on the barbecue and that type of type of thing, and it's really going to be a lot more cooling and palatable for the summer months. Right. 
Well, that's one thing that, that does take skill, but it's so easy. And when people think barbecue, because summertime, you know, from Memorial season through Labor Day, it's full-fledged barbecues, you know, the men at the grill. But yeah. um, And I love that, too, more than anything. I mean, those are probably some of the best summer feasts that, that I've had or been at my parents' house when my dad's manning the grill and just, you know, filling us all with his, like, homemade ribs and, you know, all that kind of stuff that's definitely not cooling but right. definitely filling so what we look to do and you know with that is is have cooling sides and one thing I'm obsessed with this summer is pasta salads all different kinds of pasta salads and I include one one recipe for um, on the blog but you know one of the other things that I think gets skewed is incorporating grill style cooking with different types of food you know shrimp on the barbie is for one thing or fish um, or even different vegetables you know I love throwing corn corn on the on the barbecue I love throwing broccoli on the barbecue asparagus I I'll even do um, for dessert I'll grill up bananas just put like mm-hmm. I know you, you're not a big fan of sugar but a little brown sugar on it and just you know let it caramelize and that's that to me is just delicious, but mm-hmm. um, but but getting used to putting things on the barbecue, and I know that there are all different like accoutrements to um, hold the fish because most of the complaints are that yeah. it will just flake flake off. You know, just right. put it on like tin foil or yeah. you know you know yeah. get the different hand you know yeah there's handlers. little like grill cages that you can put them in. Right. There's actually it's actually great. I, I my I was at uh, my cousin's house and. They made this delicious salmon that you can buy this bag at Williams Sonoma, um, and it's and it actually provides like a smoky flavor. So you can put the salmon in the bag, stick it on the barbecue for you know a few minutes, and it actually infuses it with smoky, with with the actually wood chip smoky flavor, and it's just delicious. That's awesome. That is awesome. And um, so, you know, um, so- you know, skewing, you know, skewers of vegetables mixed with some like you know chunks of fish. Another great idea. Right, and um, I'm, I'm not a fan of um, tomatoes. Like, I don't like raw tomatoes, but I love um, cooked tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And putting like skewers of veggies on the barbecue is delicious. Yeah. Now, now moving on, we talked. Of, I mean, I think we all know like the basic reasons why eating healthy is important. But I feel like you know, food has gotten so complicated. In the sense of, you know, with child obesity and with so many more diseases being systemically linked to what we do ingest and what we do eat, like what is at the core? And I I guess it goes back to the Ayurvedic principles, but what is really at the core with with food and our relationship and maintaining a healthy nutritional balance? Um, Basically, I think it's getting back. Like I think my like my answer to almost every question that comes up is just getting back to basics. I think we've just been bombarded with too many options that are overly sugared, overly colored, overly sweetened, overly chemicalized. And it's just like there's so much available and you go through the aisles and you're like, what do I even choose? But if you really start to go back to the basics of whole, natural, holistic type foods, um, you'll realize your palate will change. Um, You'll be craving sweets, of course, but you'll be craving them on a natural level. You start to appreciate the natural sweetness of fruits and even vegetables and even grains. And, you know, even when you're chewing bread in your mouth, you know, that that sweet taste that comes after you chew it for a while, you start to really appreciate it and you start to not really want that too, too sweet, overly sugared taste anymore. 
So I think it's really just um, not eliminating everything. I think it's definitely about balance. Um, like I love the way you said that, you know, some of your best meals were uh, with your parents on the barbecue and the ribs and all that, and you balanced it out with the cooling foods. I think that's great. Of course you should enjoy that if it's a, it's a summertime favorite. But, you know, balance it out with the cooling foods. Um, so really it's just about balance. You don't have to, you know, you can have a treat once in a while of Mr. Softy. <laughs> now, of course you can. But um, I think really focusing on a daily basis uh, um, on eating the natural foods and getting back that palate, that palatable flavor of the natural tastes because we're just so not used to that anymore. And I think when it comes to children, that's another problem as well is because they're just so used to the overly sugared taste that they don't even want anything that's not, you know, as sweet as they're, what they're used to. And um, it's definitely a problem because then, you know, they're that, why are they going to want to eat a carrot stick or a piece of celery if they're just it doesn't taste sweet to them? But if you do, you know, give them a lot more fruits and, uh, you know, maybe even, you know, natural-type frozen yogurts that aren't, you know, sweetened with uh, additives or preservatives or any of those extra fillers, you know, they'll start to like that, those sweet tastes. And then their palate just relaxes a little bit, and then they're more open to trying new things. So it's really about getting them back into that natural state. So I think that's really, that's really the key. It's just really balanced. Like you don't have to eliminate all your favorite foods. You just have to try to combine, you know, the favorites with a lot of natural type things on a more consistent basis. And I think from there, so, you, you know, you'll be fine. And a lot of mothers that I deal with, you know, they find that their children's just their, you know, they start, you know, they start craving, they start asking for, you know, more vegetables. They start to like it. Their their personality calms down a little bit more because they're not constantly craving for sugar. And it just works out. And then, of course, they can have a treat once in a while. But, um, it just, you know, it just balances things out a lot more in general. Right. You know, everything in, in moderation. But I think, you know, one of the the issues is, is that we do divide between, like, a kid's menu and an adult palate. And, but I do see that there is reason for that. I mean, my daughter will, will try and sample pretty much everything. Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's, no, there's no issue there. My, my son is much more of a purist. And he he just will not experiment, and it is difficult to try to get him new things. And anything that looks green, he picks off the plate. And, um, you know, I'm constantly working and sneaking food in, and I, 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 can, I can put anything into pancakes, and they'll eat it. Um, unless, unless it's green. But, um, you know, with him, it's going to be probably a little bit more of a slow go in getting him to try new things. The only reason why I've got him to try smoothies is because the Fresh Bee Band on Nick Jr. had a whole segment on making smoothies. And so now he's really into trying banana smoothies, but he's even still hesitant when he when he tries that. So I've been trying to make, like, all all sorts of smoothies um, to get him to try with all different types of vegetables. And I include some of my favorite combinations in this week's vlog because I'm a little bit obsessed with smoothies, particularly in the summer, Um, Mm -hmm. both alcoholic and (laughs) non-alcoholic, not for the kids, but for the adults. Um, But, you know, aside from, like, liquid drinks, you know, what are some other ways that we can can get a little bit more natural with some of, like, our day-to-day foods. Like, one of the things I love to do with the kids is buy um, fresh pizza dough and make our own pizzas. 
So right. I feel like we have a little bit more control, but yeah, I'm still using sauce from a jar. I'm still using, um, which my sister is probably cringing, but yes, I use sauce from a jar, and um, you know, and I use the shredded cheese that I buy and and oil. So is there anything like with doing pizza night where we can maybe do do it a little bit fresher and more natural? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a great way to get him like he like just like you said, he saw that segment on the smoothies and he wanted to try it. That's like the best way to get children to try new things. And if they don't like it, it's fine. You don't have to force anything on them. Like again, children are pretty intuitive. They'll they'll take what they need for the most part. And, you know, as they grow older, they'll definitely be trying new things. But um I think integrating them like help, letting them help out really helps a lot. Like they feel like they're a part of something. And it becomes an activity. So I love that you're doing. I saw that on your the blog that you wrote. It's amazing that you're doing those pizza nights. And to make it just you know to put a little of a more of a healthy spin to it, you know, um, maybe try to choose um, dough that's just not white flour dough, like unbleached. You can use. And if he doesn't like the whole wheat, there's a variety of different types of doughs that you can purchase. Um, spelt that like there's so many that you can try out and see you know there's even rice dough that you can buy and see um, you know see what flies see what works and what doesn't and if at the end of the day he only wants the white dough then that's fine but what you can do instead of using the um, you know the canned and the you know cheese the processed cheeses or whatever you're using you can always um, you know you, you like you said you're planting amazing herbs and and vegetables in your garden you can use you know you can slice up some tomatoes and put them on top and uh, you can, you know, chop up some of your basil from your garden and, and add that on as a supplement. And then you can use, you know, you can use raw organic cheese um, and sprinkle it on. It doesn't have to be, like, you know, like full of greasy cheese. Another thing is oily foods and are very warming to the body. So we want to avoid anything that has um, excessive oils in the summer as well. But, um, yeah, awesome. just like, you know. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that because I think every recipe that I did put on has, like, a ton of oil. Right. It's okay to include it in, but you just don't want to be eating a lot of it because it, it really is warming to the body. So, um, right. you know, so you supplement with something else. Like I, I always make my own salad dressings, and it usually they usually include either flax oil or olive oil. But in the summer, I've been noticing that I'll replace the oil factor in my salads with avocado, um, which is you know fairly cooling for the most part, but still has that fat content. And I, I just eliminate the oil. I'll use, you know, fresh squeezed lemon. Um, sometimes I'll use some orange. You know, you can you can just work with it. You can play around with it. Citrus is one of the most cooling things. So you know, you can you can make your own juices with a combination of lemon, limes, and orange. There's just so many things you can do. And and you know, let the kids help out and let them see all the different colors you're using, and they get excited. You know, chop up some different colored vegetables and say. You know, you're making a piece of art, you know. It's, a, it's an art project. Right. And, you know, they'll start to sprinkle a few out. Maybe they'll eat it. Maybe they'll pick it off. But, you know, it's just something, something to get them to try it and get them a little bit excited about something because they feel like they're involved in it. Right. It becomes like a little a little painting, a yeah. painting palette. And um, as far as substitutes go, I mean, I heard like for baking and even for pancakes that a good substitute for oil is applesauce. Definitely. And also mm-hmm. flaxseed is a great substitute for oil. You can you can I make a cake that, to replace the oil I, with flaxseed. Yeah, and I heard you can cut out eggs also and replace um, it with flaxseed. Yeah, you can. And another thing you can do is replace the oil or butter or anything in a recipe with yogurt. That works as well. I, make, I used to make some great banana muffins. I had this banana muffin recipe from my mom since I was a kid. That was my favorite recipe ever. And I completely tweaked it. I, I used um, whole wheat flour, 
Um, I replaced the oil with half flax, half yogurt, and added the bananas and a little bit of um, agave nectar. And I mean, it didn't, you didn't even need it because it's so sweet from the bananas, and they turned out delicious. So there's like so yeah. many different combinations that we can use, and you would never know. Your guests won't know, and it's just and it's just healthier and more cooling. You use the yogurt instead of the oil, and there you go. You went from a winter food to a summer food. Well, and I'm when I first heard that, I'm like, okay, because in my pancakes, I'll use all of it. Like I use oil, applesauce, eggs, and flax seeds. So now if I can mm-hmm. cut out at least, you know, one egg and I can cut out the oil, we have a much healthier, I use a multigrain, um, multigrain pancake mix. And right. you know, and right. I add and I sp- and I spruce it up. So this is actually very helpful. And I also heard that you can cut out some flour and substitute it with oatmeal. Yep, definitely. Now, is that like just like instant oatmeal, or does it have to be a special kind of oatmeal? Or instant oatmeal works better. The regular, the steel cut oatmeal would be too hard. It would be too like grainy. So the instant oatmeal is is a better option for that because it's more flaky type. So it would uh, integrate better. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you don't have to completely replace it. Do half and half, you know, do half the flour, half the oatmeal, and just experiment and see what works best for you. I think that's fabulous. Now, now, what about, like, I want to just talk a little bit more because you, you, touched, you touched a little bit about, um, especially with Paul Pitchford's book, where it's healing with whole foods and just talking a little bit more about the um, the Chinese, um, the Chinese and Eastern practice. Mm-hmm. So Ayurveda, um, and also, I mean, there's a, state, a similar concept in Chinese medicine. Um, it's, it's quite extensive, actually, and they talk about very, very many different elements um, on how to heal naturally. On They talk about, um, they have this thing called doshas, and everyone, um, they measure it, you, you know, there's a test to measure what your dosha is. And you can be considered um, like pitta, vata, and basically these these represent your characteristics of your personality, characteristics of your physical, um, like your physical attributes, as well as whether you tend to be a more warm or cool or hot type person. So um, on top of the seasonal type eating, they also, you know, you also have to take into account your, uh, your dosha. So if you're a warm type person in general and you're in the summer months, you definitely have to focus on eliminating those warming type foods, or you're not going to feel good. Your temper is going to go. You're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to gain weight. Um, you're just not going to be healthy overall. So it's kind of a, it's a very complex, very ancient science um, that really takes into account, um, you know, so many factors to determine, you know, how to heal. And uh, it's just amazing. And you know, it's I mean, this is thousands of years old and. It, to me, it's the most cutting edge, <laughs> you know, because, like, we're so right. consumed with technology. But really, when we go back to the basics, all our answers are, are right there. And um, you'd be surprised at, at how just replacing one food with another can can heal, you know. So, um, you know, for example, um, I knew someone who had, like, chronic, like, sores in their mouth all the time. And they ended up doing this. You know, it was actually someone I went to school with in my nutrition school, and she always would develop these sores in her mouth in the summer. And when it came to the, you know, the class where we learned about Ayurvedic-type medicine and we did the test, she realized that she was a very hot-type person, and she looked at the foods that she was eating, and she realized that everything she was consuming, like all her favorite-type foods, 
for really, really hot foods. And not only that, she instead of doing like you know a lot of physical activity, she, she was doing very extenuous type activities like very intense cardio, whereas you want to focus more on yoga and Pilates and very you know not as extreme type um, activities in the summer because again they're overheating. And you know she was you know she was very she drank a lot of coffee which was very 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 dehydrating and warming as well. You want to be drinking herbal teas and a lot of cold you know waters and um, fruit juices and that type thing and you know everything she was doing was really you know she had no idea by the way that this had to do with her sores but when she started you know to decrease the extensive activity to eat more cooling foods the sores just completely disappeared in a matter of weeks and it, she was just baffled because she had gone to every doctor she had tried everything she had no idea where they were coming from nobody knew what it was about and it was something as simple as like her basically like her choice of that physical activity and her choice of food every day like and you just you think like how many other people are out there with you know ailments disease um you know anything that you know it's like Hippocrates says let food be my medicine and medicine be thy food and it's just so true and I think it's just something that I think it's all the more reason why we really have to take the time um to you know to learn about this stuff and to research it more and to try and just be more in balance with nature because it's you know it's 2000 you know, it's 2010 and yeah there's amazing technology out there and anything is at our fingertips but um you know survival of the fitness is really going to be going back to basics and just doing what makes the most sense for you know for us to integrate properly with nature right and when when you're talking about nature in the sense you're talking about your natural body and process and the foods that work and that you personally need to heal as well as what is growing locally and seasonally Exactly. It's all, yeah, exactly. Um, so there's definitely a general more, you know, that will apply to everyone. For example, like if, you know, we can't deny the fact that it's super hot and it's in the 90s today um, here in New York, but um, so we're all going to definitely have to focus on eating cooling type foods. But if I had, you know, if my dosha was a cooling type person and I was very cool, I could, you know, I could definitely still want to drink the cooling foods and not do the extraneous activity but I, I do want to make sure to integrate some of those warming foods into my diet because, you know, in general, I'm a cooling-type person. So when I'm inside, my body's going to – my temperature is going to go down. So you don't want to – you know, you have to know yourself well enough. And a lot of my practice is all about bioindividuality. I never recommend the same thing to two different people. And I always say this, what, what's amazing and works for me and will cure me is, can be poison for you. So it's really about getting to know yourself and, the, and your body and really – you know, there's some standards that are going to be, you know, across the board work for everyone, but there is really a lot about bioindividuality and uh, tailoring, you know, getting to know yourself and what works for you. That's what I, that's what I find is key in, in any practice is that you'll have, like, your general set of guidelines and then you have to modify or get the specifications to what works for you. Yeah, and that's really true. And then as a mom, it's also getting to know the specifications of, of your children and your family and seeing what what they need to to heal and to, to run at their optimum health. I think we do have a caller, and I'm actually hoping that it is um, that it's Nicole. Hello. Welcome to Mama's Pearls Caller. Are you there? Hi, Cynthia. It's Nicole. Hello, Nicole. Okay, <laughs> so that's perfect timing. So Nicole, meet Lori. Lori, meet Nicole. World Hi, Lori. Hi, Nicole. World get, get reintroduced to Nicole Clark, who is one of my clients. Her documentary film is Cover Girl Culture, and she was on our show called Beauty Mark, uh, I don't know, 
quite a few months ago already. So welcome back to the show. Thank you. Happy and to be here. You're welcome. Yeah, and, and you guys are both my Canada girls. <laughs> so so um so why I'm excited for Nicole to to call in and participate today is that she also is very passionate about um about teaching and having people realize like what's in the natural palate and bringing it back to to natural foods. She's on a gluten-free diet and all that kind of fun stuff. And what she's been doing lately on Facebook has been killing me with posting. <laughs> and only because you live across the, across the country is that you've been posting all these pictures of like these amazing looking fruit pies and, um, and they look like they're all healthy recipes. So I really wanted you to come on for like the dessert portion and serve up some of your some of your um your pies that you've been making uh yes um it's funny i haven't made pies in 15 years only because i thought i couldn't because of my gluten-free and dairy-free restrictions and i finally decided just to call my mom and see you know what was her recipe and then i discovered that i could alter it very easily and um it is it, very simple very um healthy and it's just so basic like Lori was saying and it's just fresh fruit with a little bit of sugar. I actually reduced the sugar because, as Lori said, I found that when I had to change my diet and eat more holistic foods, I found I had an aversion to regular sugar that was in food. So when my mom would call for a cup of sugar, I only used maybe half a cup because it's just so overpowering for my palate. And um, my husband, much to his delight, is in in heaven having these fresh fruit pies. <laughs> He's in pie strawberry. heaven. Yeah, pie heaven. He's strawberry pie and peach pie. So what do you, what do you do with the, the dough and the crust? Because usually when, when I'm making a pie, and I, I love doing like the Thanksgiving Day pies where I'm doing sweet potatoes and apples and all like the really um, deliciously rich pies, um, that my crust is usually like graham crackers, flour, and butter. Um, I have two crusts that I can make. One is I soak almonds and grind it up and mix it with dates, and then that rolls out into a very amazingly delicious crust you can eat on its own. Or um, this new package that I found, it's just uh, almond meal, and I mix that with a little bit of non-dairy cream and um, I think it was a little bit of oil and roll that out, and I make the crust just the same way. And it's it's tasty on its own, which is pretty nice. And then it's gluten-free as well, and it's just a whole um, product. There's nothing else in there. And then the cream cheese I use is a, a non-dairy soya uh cream cheese, which John hasn't noticed that it's not real cheese. <laughs> we, don't, we, we don't have to tell him either. <laughs> as long as he's not listening to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but what do you do if you have allergies, if you have nut allergies? Oh, nut allergies. Um, there is a gluten-free um, product by Arrowhead Mills, and it's a uh, baking mix, and you can um, pretty much make anything out of their, their baking. It's like an all-purpose flour that's gluten-free, and there's several on the market that are really um, amazing. You can find them on Amazon, Whole Foods, I think even Trader Joe's and, and grocery stores. I don't know if you have Trader Joe's over there, but most grocery stores now carry a lot of gluten-free products because I think people are realizing that it's very widespread issue. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that, that I'm finding and even talking with my pediatrician, he's been really saying that that he's been doing more and more research and a lot of the developmental disorders are being tied into food food allergies mm -hmm. and one of them being celiac and, um, and gluten. Mm-hmm. 
So yep. I, I think that's yep. I think that's really fascinating. I know Lori that you talk and both of you when I talk to you guys, and usually when I talk to you guys, we do wind up talking about food. Uh, with with Nicole, it's like movies and food, and with Lori, it's like spirituality, women's empowerment, and food. <laughs> But um, but one of the one of the things that that I have a concern about because if you look in, in my kitchen it's all bread it's all flour and mm-hmm. um, you know and that's just you know it was basically give me your dose of daily bread so right. how are we modifying and I think you know part of it is just having more and more non flour based and non gluten based products available in the market but you know how do you see our palates really really changing. Uh, is this a Nicole question or a Lori question? Um, Lori first, Nicole second. Okay, okay. cool. <laughs> For me, um, basically, yeah, I mean, it's not a coincidence that we're seeing all these, like, gluten intolerance and um, so many of these um, allergies coming up in children. And basically the reason why, um, a lot of the reason is sometimes when you develop, I mean, not always, it depends on, you know, the type of allergy, but oftentimes when you develop a food allergy, um, it's your body's um, immune response to overeating the product. So if you eat um, corn day in and day out, you uh, very likely will develop a corn-related allergy because it's just there's just so much corn in your body that you start, you know, your body starts to um, it's just not natural to to have to not have a variety of foods in a diet. So if you're eating so much of one thing, naturally your body will sort sort of start to fight and create antibodies towards it, which is kind of a crazy thought. But, I mean, that's why there are so many allergies coming up. Like, like it's just crazy. When we were children, this wasn't happening. So really the key is to be able to, yeah, if you can replace with, um, you know, gluten-free flours, um, you know, even just change, like, add variety to your diet. Like, you don't want to be, I know sometimes, like, all your kid wants to eat is, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich or, you know, if they have, peanut allergy, like, or nut allergies, maybe like a bologna sandwich every day, and that's all they really want to eat, but you really, you know, to try and help, you know, get them in the kitchen and help you out and try to find foods, um, in, you know, a variety of foods that they enjoy, and try and alternate what you're giving them all the time, because that's how you really are going to ensure that you're not, um, that you're not uh, going to put them in a place where they are susceptible to developing any type of allergy the product. So that's that's really key. And uh, you also you want to be, you want to ensure, I mean, another reason for this is you just want to ensure that you're balanced out with all your, your nutrients and uh, vitamins, minerals. So really, I mean, that's why different foods contain the different vitamins, minerals, and nutrients content that they do. It's so that we, you know, we choose and we add the variety into our diet. So that's really the best pointer is if you can just go out there and find a variety of different things and alternate as much as possible. And don't give them chicken fingers every night because eventually there, there will be an issue with chicken, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. I think that's a really, really good point that the that variety is key and that you have, you, have, you have to at least try it by putting it in front of them and giving them an option um, and introducing them. I mean, I'm hoping that eventually my son will dive into the roasted potatoes that I put on the on the on the table or you know some of the spinach or something, anything green. <laughs> he's he's not quite there yet. <laughs> He is not quite there yet. So my mom Nicole, used to bribe us. Oh, my yeah. mom used to bribe us when we were kids. If we wanted dessert, she would draw a line across our plate and say, "Well, if you want dessert, you have to have you know something healthy on the plate." 
Right. 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 And I and I think parents still employ that method of bribery or threatening mm-hmm. or this and that. I mean, I, I would never threaten my kid like they can't eat dinner. Um, I just, you know, that's just not me. But <laughs> as far as, you know, I, I think with, with my son, it's a, it's gotten a little bit more of a battle of wits, and I'm usually mm-hmm. the softie. You know, <laughs> I'll, just have to, I'll just have to bring in my it, cousin. It, I, 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 it will not stay the same. It won't. He'll, he'll, you know, as he gets older, he'll want to try different things. He'll see his friends eating things. Like, they never stay exactly the same. It might be a little bit of a challenge for now. But, you know, you just try your best and make it fun. And don't make it a big deal. I think that's the, the big issue when parents are like, you have to eat this. Like, you just don't make it a big deal. And then maybe one day they'll be like, okay, maybe I'll try this. Everyone else seems right. to be eating it, <laughs> you know? Well, I, I do find that since I've gotten them involved in the kitchen, I mean, now whenever I'm cooking, they want a job to do. They want to be in, and I'm, you know, I, I give them like a non-blunt knife to to help cut the cut vegetables. And so far, they've been good, and they know to watch out for their fingers. They know that they can't touch the stove, so we practice like safety measures. But they're really, they are really involved, and they love seeing um, the cooking process. And I've even, um, I'm starting to try and try and learn and remember myself, like, the science behind, like, how things actually break down. But I find, like, Sid the Science Kid is actually very helpful with that. When it's a show on, on TV that they do watch. Um, but getting, get, someone has wind. <laughs> someone has lots of wind. But, um, but getting them um, involved in the cooking process has absolutely helped. I mean, they still look forward to pizza night. We look forward to doing our regular usually weekly pancakes where we make them, and now I'm going to even have them healthier because I'm going to cut out the oil. And I do use flax seeds, but I'll, I'll use less of um, flour and eggs and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, and that stuff, they, they really, really do love it when they see, like, the output of their of their actions and, you know, bringing it up back to the adult adult. Um, adult feast like I so love having my friends over going to my friend's house and bringing over a dish and dining outside particularly in the summer and having that ambiance and that shared experience like that to me is what summer is about and um, Nicole's kind of lucky because she lives on on the west coast and you have a little bit more sunshine than year-round than we do here but um, but you know during these leading summer months here, it's just so vital to get outside and take advantage of those moments that you do have with your family and friends and sit around a table and have an alfresco delicious and now healthy, balanced feast. So um, so I do want to kind of carve out the substantive portion of the show now and get into the wrap-up portion. And, Nicole, I'm so happy that you did chime in with your pies. They do look delicious. I do wish you lived closer so I, <laughs> so I can come over. I, don't, I mean, you can send them FedEx. There are ways to send perishable food items now, FedEx. So I'm here. You know my address. Um, Nicole also can be found on Facebook at Nicole Clark or even under CoverGirl Culture on her fan page, and her website is www.covergirlculture.com. So I'm going to so I'm going to say toodaloo to Nicole and Lori. You stay on. Thanks so much for for chiming in, Nicole. You're welcome, and, and it was uh, great. I learned a lot from you, Lori. Thanks. Thanks, Nicole. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, Lori, you still on? I'm still here. Okay, so yeah, I mean Nicole is fantastic, and she is is so so well 
um, well-versed also in, in healthy food eating and, and again, with all her dietary restrictions. And it just, I've been wanting to connect you to also because I think you guys would just totally yeah, I get along. I actually saw Cover Girl Culture and I loved it. So Yeah, yeah it's an amazing, amazing film. And, well, I think systemically and, and, and tying <laughs> tying in the pearls like it it does all tie into you know her film is about um about women and young girls and then building their self-esteem and part of that and a huge part of that is around our 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 women and young girls relationship with food so starting at any age with the practices that you've talked about during the show of getting back to basics and really understanding understanding your diet and the foods and the local and seasonal foods and bringing that in is so key and it's just going to help everybody feel better. And when you feel better inside, it's going to show and shine in your outside world and your self-perception. So for me, this was like totally perfect. So I do want, yeah, that was very, very cool. So I do want to remind everyone again where to find Lori. Lori can be found. Um, she is on Facebook, and it is L-A-U-R-I-E. Her last name is Bornstein, B-O-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. And her direct email address is Lori at lifeintake.com. So, Lori, thank you again for, for sharing all this knowledge with us. And I would like to do a little bit segue that we've had our dessert and um, into my, uh, my standard come tell mama questions. So, are you ready? Ready. All right. So, what is your luxury indulgence? My luxury indulgence? Um, mm-hmm. normal, the, the thing that really pops into my head right now would be 70% dark chocolate. Because that's like my favorite treat, and um, it's high in antioxidants. It's a small, you know, I eat a small piece, and it's great. Although um, for the last, um, I don't know, for the last little while, I've been off of it because I felt that, you know, the more I want, you know, the more I was eating it, the more I was craving it, and it was getting a little bit out of control, like things can get. So um, I would have to say um, my indulgence right now, and it's going to be a little bit sad, but if you try it, you will start to have it as well, is my green juice that I drink every day because it's just so, it's addictive and it's just so refreshing and it gives me so much energy. It's like espresso without the crash after and, you know, I just, I couldn't live without it. Okay, so you and Masha are totally addicted to these green juices. Yeah. I have yet to sample, so you can you please whip me up a batch of green juice on our next um, our, on our next city outing, and I, I want to see what all of this is about. You have and I to even have gave it right. Me. I'll make it right before we meet up because you have to have it fresh because you want them you're, you're using live nutrients. So that's the whole point of it is that you know you make it you whip it up really fresh, you drink it right away. And the live nutrients, like, basically doesn't have to digest through your system. It just goes, on a cellular level, it gets absorbed directly. So you're getting so many more nutrients than you would as if, it, you know, instead of eating, like, the, you know, some people say, well, I eat a lot of vegetables. I don't need this. It's just a different type of intake of vitamins because it's just on such a direct level. Right. I mean, I've heard so much about this green juice that it even got a shout-out on, on this week's blog. <laughs> <laughs> Great. On green juice. I can't wait we'll to definitely try. make you some, for sure, next time. And you'll just, see. 
And just so everybody knows, my, my kids just walked in the door because they're both sick, so I'm sure you're going to hear them in the background and, and running in for a minute. So, um, yeah, let's introduce sick kids to, to the Mama's Pearls audience. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're sick. Um, probably because of diet-related, but we won't go into that now. All right, so of the following, which would you choose? The best sex of your life, the best meal of your life, or the best sleep of your life? Um, I would choose the best sex of my life, I think. Because <laughs> yeah, meals, you know, I'm pretty happy with the meals I make, and, and I have so many favorite foods. And sleep, you know, I, I, I'm a good sleeper, so I'm not surprised in that area. So, you know, I just think that uh, out of the, the most important, if I could say I had the best experience ever, it would definitely be, yeah, definitely that. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, especially since we've just talked about food for an hour <laughs> you're, ready. you're ready for some physical activity okay moving on so your favorite movie genre would be comedy romance horror action sci-fi period other um i would have to say combo between um comedy and like romantic comedy types those are some of the girly girl Okay, so when it does come to food, do you prefer sweet or salty? Sweet, always sweet. I've always had a very big sweet tooth. I love my cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. So I'm I'm glad to find a holistic nutritionist who Oh, my also God, yeah. I love dessert. I'll walk by a bakery and I'll stare in the window and I'll be like, I'll, I'll say to my husband, I'm like, guess which one I'd like, I'd like to have the most. And he'll like... I'll make him guess which one I like, you know, which one looks best to me. Like, I love that stuff. And, and I definitely, you know, for a while in my life, I felt like I had to deprive myself of that. And, you know, as I got older and, and now, I just realized that, um, you know, the healthiest uh, way to balance, to have balance in your life is to indulge in what you love and, uh, you know, have a daily practice that's very healthy and fulfilling, and you'll never feel like you're missing out on anything. So, yep, I definitely eat cupcakes every once in a while. <laughs> Every once in a while. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's awesome because, yeah, I too can't pass a bakery <laughs> without going in. It just that's doesn't why we don't so well. <laughs> so what do you consider your most beautiful feature to be? I think uh, I would definitely think that it's my ability to um, relate to other people, to understand them, and, um, you know, to bring myself down to their level and, you know, in a relatable type way, because I think that's the best way. I mean, my passion in life is to be a healer, and that's what I'm doing for a living now. And, you know, just to be able to connect with someone and on their level. And the most important thing is, I mean, I have people who told me that they've been to, you know, dietitians and doctors for years that just don't get what they're going through. A lot of people with overeating issues, eating disorders, um, that type of thing. And it's just a lot of, because it's like, you know, they're approaching it from a medical standpoint, from a person of higher authority and you just can't I mean someone cannot relate to you on that level you need to you know I have a lot of experience in these areas and you know when I meet with people I have this, you know I definitely have an ability to understand exactly where they're coming from and to put myself at that their level and explain my you know my story you know my journey and you know how I've come out of it so I think definitely that would be that would be it yeah and I and I do think that um our health is a much more holistic um, holistic spectrum than than just any little one thing. 
So anytime right. that you do find a practitioner that will sit and really explore what is going on with you at a, at you know at your time and historically, I think you'll you'll probably come out with better answers. But yeah, of course, I mean, when you're running when you're running an infection, I, I definitely say to also take take a cue from Western medicine and go on going. Oh, definitely. I I don't believe in <laughs> fully holistic. I believe in integrative medicine, where and you know sometimes you just need the medicine, and if you can integrate a holistic type method as well, that's great. But I'm definitely all for you know when you need the medicine, even I don't I don't think people should avoid it if if it's necessary at all. Um, but I definitely don't like the band aid solutions that a lot of conventional doctors you know, have out there, and they're just trying to mask the issues, and I really believe in getting to the, you know, taking the time and getting to the root of the problem. Yeah, I think that's part of our ongoing practice here at Mama's Pearls is to, you know, get quiet and stay in tune with your body and to be conscious and aware of what is happening with you and throughout your life so you can um, live your most optimal optimal life. So right. what do you, what is the best advice that your mama ever gave you? Um, I think the best advice my mom ever gave me is, um, you know, when I was younger, she always said to, to always put my, try to put myself in some situation and never to judge or react to people because um, you never really know where they're coming from or what their situation is. And I truly believe that I've um, taken that with me throughout life in every situation that I've gone through, and I think I've come out a much better person as a result of it. And, uh, yeah, definitely thank her for that. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Thanks, Mama. <laughs> and what is what is your favorite family recipe that you just remember and and tap tap into whenever you think of your family? Favorite family recipe would have to be um, my background is pretty. It's, I'm a bit of a butt, <laughs> but um, on my father's side, my grandmother was Moroccan, and um, part of our tradition was always on Friday night to have um, this fish dish that was prepared with, um, it was like, I believe, like a, a white fish. I still make it, so it's so good. You can use any type of fish. You can use salmon um, with um, stewed tomatoes, cilantro, olive oil, some cayenne pepper, the Moroccan white like, spicy. And um, I just remember eating that every Friday night for my entire childhood. Um, <laughs> continued definitely into my adulthood whenever when I, when I would visit my parents on Friday night. And... Um, now, in the winters, I definitely try to make it as much as I can on Friday nights because it's just like such tradition and it's so good and it's just great. And, I, you know, it's funny because I was like, I remember my mom telling me stories that I was three years old and like eating the really extra super spicy <laughs> food, you know, and I just loved it because that's what I grew up with. That's what your your palate was, was trained for. And right, right. Yeah, like that. That definitely sounds like more of a heating food, so we'll we'll definitely. take that. We'll, we'll sample that in in the winter. But that sounds amazing and super delicious. Now, I'm sure you're hungry like I am now. <laughs> yeah, lunchtime, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a little bit. Yeah, lunchtime already started. So we're gonna get back to our day jobs and serve ourselves up a really delicious dish for for lunch today and healthy and yeah, let me tell again, you my, my favorite summertime lunch yeah. thing that I'm going to pass yeah. on and it's going to be my new favorite summer recipe I've been making this very often for lunch and it's so simple it's um, vine ripe tomatoes um, cubed avocado diced garlic lime juice and it makes the most filling amazing cooling summer lunch okay I'm going to put that on the blog 
I'll take out. I'll take yeah. I'll, t- I'll take it out like one of my oil-based recipes. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, sub, it, and sub it for Lori's actual light summer <laughs> fair appetizer yeah, yeah, salad. Yeah. yeah, I put some like salt, like sea salt and pepper in it. I'll send you the. I'll send you the ingredients in case you can catch it I would love that. Thank you. So, Lori, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so happy to have had the chance to introduce you formally to the Mama's Pearls community because I've gotten to to know you privately and have just been amazed and entranced with the wealth of knowledge, particularly that you have around food, which is my my second favorite topic (laughs) to talk about. And I could literally sit here all day and just hash out different recipes, but we have work to do. So yes. thank, thank you, you so, so much, so much. It, was, it was such an honor and a pleasure to be part of the show and Mama's Pearls in general, and I love you and everything you do. So I had a great time. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. Love you too. And we will be seeing each other, I think, what, next week we have another outing? But soon. <laughs> but soon. So this is Cynthia and, of course, Lori of Mama's Pearls reminding you to enjoy your children and your family. Say I love you. Remember to take it outside this summer. Sign al fresco. Keep it light. Enjoy the summer fair. And have nature with the side of nature on your summer feasts. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Again, look out for M's Gems on Friday, which will be posted at mamaspearls.com. You can email me, Cynthia, at mamaspearls.com or Melissa at mamaspearls.com. You can find me on Twitter at Cintweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. The blog and any of the past blogs and articles are posted at www.mamaspearls.com. All of the radio show segments are available at blogtalkradio.com slash mamaspearls. Just search the archives. Again, Nicole Clark was on Beauty Mark, which I believe was in, I want to say, April or March. So go have fun surfing around and we will be talking to you all next week I think given that everyone I know has a summer cold we're going to be talking about what it feels like to be Dr. Mom next week so when your nutrition's a little bit down and you don't have <laughs> all the vital tools in, in your nutrition what happens when your kids do get sick so stay healthy everyone and have a great week and thank you again Lori for being here. Thank you. Bye. Bye.